Number 50, eh? Number 50. Wow. Congratulations to us. <laughs> Congrats. Um, yeah, number 50 of the Nob Twillers Hangout. And, um, you know, we thought, let's make this, um, let's make not too much fuss about it, but still make it a kind of a special edition. So for this episode, we've invited um, the first three or amongst the first um, people who joined uh, Patreon on um and who are on discord and also joined the master classes that we are doing with a uh, uh, store um and have a chat with them see what see what happens <laughs> welcome everybody hello hi hello. hey <laughs> so let me introduce everybody um uh, next to me on this side is uh, Chaya joining uh, us from Amsterdam today, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, sometimes you're in Germany, sometimes you're in Amsterdam, but tonight you're in Amsterdam. Good to see you. Long time no see. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Chaya joined uh, the one of the masterclasses uh, yesterday, so um, we've been uh, we've been speaking yesterday. Uh, Talking about his music, getting some uh, some stuff done. Um, so yeah, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. It was a good session. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, actually, um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll just go straight in because um, you, when you joined, we, you were basically uh, working inside the box, right? Uh, yes. Just using Ableton. And uh, and you showed up yesterday showing off uh, your new uh, acquired DFAM. So yeah. Ah, cool. Tell me about it. Nice. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, I was always working inside Box, but um, now with a with a DFAM, it's really good to kind of expand uh, the sound and also allow for more like experimental sounds and being more in the moment and also for happy accidents in a sense. Uh, so yeah, you come up to new sounds, and uh, in the end, it really broadens your horizon. You come up with things that uh, you never thought possible, or yeah. So are you are you feeling you're you're getting your head around it at the moment, or are you still early stages, uh, kind of uh, exploring? Uh, yeah. So yeah, basically. Oh wait, I got it ready. So of course you do. Of course. Uh, <laughs> okay, it's always uh, right. Uh, inside uh no it's i just really got it just a couple of weeks ago and i'm just prepping my head around all the modular fun stuff um it feels uh, like a good beginner modular system uh just because it's kind of like this uh, yeah it's like semi way of using the patches and you can like play around with it and also it doesn't fall into like a category uh of like a specific synthesizer so you're not like limited in your mind of producing one type of sound or like things to kind of this freak instrument so i can experiment a lot and i think that's the beauty of it especially coming completely fresh and no background in modular so, yeah awesome yeah it's definitely a, a good first one you know it's sort of self-contained uh you know you can use it as is but still yeah go to crazy territory when you start patching and uh, and experimenting so absolutely yeah, good good choice uh mm. we'll get back to the dfam uh, for sure, <laughs> uh, but let me first introduce uh, the other other guests. We have um, yes. Dobri, um, Raum Null, 
yeah. today uh, you have different projects, but today you're yes. uh, you're round null, <laughs> and yeah. uh, you have uh, an invisible crew somewhere in the room in the background. Uh, yeah, 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 oh no, yeah, okay, oh, now it's visible. <laughs> well, welcome other crew as well. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, Dobri is joining us from Belgrade. Uh, welcome. Good to see you again. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Raum Null is my, uh, let's say, longest running project, active project, uh, that I started back in 2012 with my friend Chris Brookmeyer from uh, Austria. So we've been making some, we, we called it noise techno back in the day. Uh, lately I'm active in other projects, but we are going to revisit Raum Null this summer. So yeah. Cool. That's a short explanation. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been hearing snippets over the last few months uh, of what you're yeah. working on, and it's it sounds very promising. Uh, we'll 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 Thanks. get to we'll get back to to this and and your other projects as well. Uh, but let me first uh, introduce um, Ranjit from Melbourne. Good day, mate. <laughs> yeah, all this time we've been doing this, you haven't done a single one of those yet. <laughs> uh, I had to at some point, right? Yeah, true. <laughs> How's Melbourne? Uh, good, pretty good. It's starting to get cold now and dark and some of the time switched to it. Like, it's two hours earlier than the last session I got up for, so it's really, really early in the morning right now. <laughs> yeah, what time is it on your side it's now? It's just turned four o'clock. Oh dear, I'm so sorry. Uh, I misread my emails. I thought my class was yesterday, and so I got up at 3 a.m. for no reason. So just, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, well, you know, you had a, an early morning, hopefully, hopefully productive day, you know, yeah, no, with I the extra hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good to see you too, man. And um, yeah, you um, yeah, you're in your studio right now because I can make out a, a wall of records behind you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so what what is your um, main thing you do there? Because is it like a place where you practice DJing, or is it mainly your? Um, your oh, it's, mo it's most it's mostly uh, it's mostly production, I guess. I just I, the, all the free time I get these days, well, time for music these days, I tend to put towards making music as opposed to playing um, DJing. But I still definitely do it in here if I go to record podcasts or practice for a gig or something like that. Cool. So, because yeah. you, you've been you've been around for for quite a while, right? You've been DJing uh, for years. Yeah, I first started learning how to in two thousand and three, and started playing out in two thousand and four. So it's been a while now. Cool. Yeah. And do you play with vinyl, or do you? No, mix it I up? haven't. Um, I mostly use a control. I use a controller for the last and tractor for the last six or seven years. Um, and so before that, it was mostly cds and before that it was sort of a was records for about four or five years and then a mix of the two records and cds and then slowly stopped buying records when i realized how much cheaper digital music was <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so tractor and controllers uh, and and the vinyl is just a collection pretty thing, yeah I, I, yeah i can't i can't bring myself to get rid of it but i don't really use it anymore no Okay, okay, okay. Well, it's yeah. a good soundproofing uh, object in your yeah, studio. That's true. <laughs> I know, it's my, it's my very expensive diffuser wall. <laughs> and no, with a lot of nostalgia to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's good. That's nice. Um, so, yeah, also let me say hi to everybody who is uh, watching us on Twitch. And uh, I see a lot of um, familiar names popping up. 
so hello to everybody there. And um, yeah, as usual, if you have any th questions and you want to uh, engage in the conversation, don't be shy, drop us uh, a comment and uh, Sander in the background will uh, bring it in or ignore it, we'll see. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good to, to have you on, um, on, on this side of the Knob Twiddlers Hangout. Uh, usually it's a, it's a hidden thing, it's a private, a private thing. But um, I'll explain to everybody what you, what's the, the, you know, the way we do it usually. It's, we do we book like a, uh, an evening uh, or yeah evening for me at least <laughs> morning for <laughs> us um, and we do like three and uh, sometimes four classes in a row and everybody who is who has joined the class uh, basically pays for one hour but can stay uh, in the background for uh, the entire day so like or the entire night so they can listen in on uh, on the other people's um, class and discussions and and what we usually do um, is, you know, everybody sends me some stuff in, a, in advance, like uh, some new tracks they've been working on. It can either be a WAV file or uh, a bunch of music or a SoundCloud link or whatever, or, or even Ableton arrangements. And then, um, yeah, we go in and, uh, and, and discuss it and just figure out what is needed to take it to the next level. Or, you know, we'll just, um, it's a very... Sort of, uh, yeah. There's no real uh, cur curriculum. It's just basically, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's we we just uh, talk mm. about whatever comes up and w whatever you send ahead, and that's what mm. we uh, what, what we take on and uh, um, yeah, use in the in the hour. So, mm. and it's cool to have seen all the the progressions you've you've made until now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. how did you how did you all of you find this that's, that's something I'm, I'm interested in so Chaya what, when did you uh, stumble upon this this thing yeah so it uh, was actually a pure coincidence because uh, like I was always wanted to take my production a little bit more seriously I've been dabbling around for years um, but uh, there was a moment when I thought, okay, I want to take it more serious now. So I watched a bunch of YouTube tutorials uh, on, yeah, on YouTube and everywhere I could find them, uh, trying to improve my, improve my stuff. And uh, one night I, I was just very late working on, I think it was my MBA thesis back then. And uh, at 4 a.m. you posted uh, that you wanted to set up this masterclass. And I don't know, it was just uh, a match. 4 a.m.? Yeah, something. I think you just... What was uh, I thinking? <laughs> just uh, returning back from, uh, from your Berlin uh, session or something like that. Mm. Um, so I think, you, you, yeah, Sander told me you posted it in the car or so. Uh, so I just it jumped oh, yeah. right onto the chance um, just because, uh, yeah, I, like, since I came to the Netherlands uh, and got introduced to your music, it just like phew, expanded my my ears and uh, eyes for how techno could really sound like. Um, I was trying to go to every festival, uh, but now like having the chance to just like jump on and learn from the source uh, was just great. So I just signed up, and uh, since then I'm around and trying to improve my stuff with your feedback. Awesome. So yeah. So you you um, you send you always send me. Uh, arrangements which are very very tidy and very beautifully uh, laid out uh, that's true for Ranjit as well by the way and uh, <laughs> it's fun funny funny to see that um, most people that I work with in, and and also myself uh, you know uh, we are supposed to be the people who do this for a living but I'm way more messy with with my <laughs> stuff you know 
<laughs> it's like you know i i basically what i do is i record everything in real time so i have like a multi use ableton as a multi-track and and usually it's hours and hours of, of music like a massive timeline and um, um, then I, when I select the part that I work, I want to work on, I basically just make a, a selection and, and finish it there. And I don't, don't, I don't even bother to top and tail it. It's just <laughs> everything else is still there, you know. I mm. keep it there just in case I need to kind of borrow something from a different, uh, you know, point in time from the session. So I just keep it there. But it, it looks awfully messy and I don't categorize things like you guys do like a bass channel and, you know, even color coding. I mean, you guys use color coding and markers and shit like that. So I can actually learn something from you, but it's, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm way too messy for that. Um, so is, is that something you, you um, uh, maybe Ranjit, is that something you, is that just been part of your workflow since the beginning or does it give you uh, sort of more overview of what you are doing or is it just a procrastinating kind of thing? Um, no, no, like I guess I, I set my, like all the color coding and all the channels and everything. I've got a template that I use for that. So it's all set up, ready to go. Um, so I had, a, I was talking to a friend of mine who makes techno, but he sort of come from a bit of a jazz background and he's like, oh, I hate templates and, and you know, just be, be in the moment, just uh, don't have any preset things. And so I thought, oh, okay, maybe I shouldn't do that. But then I found myself just setting up the same things over and over again. And I thought, well, this is getting in the way of creativity because I have to sit there and set up the sends and, you know, put things in a particular way. Oh, what channels that are? I can't remember. Uh, so I found the template just saves me so much time and I can just sort of jump straight into making music and there's sort of no barriers to having to think about where things are or anything like that. Okay, so it's not actually you tidying up the arrangement afterwards, it's actually already a template when you even before you start. Yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I just, okay, yeah, because okay. I just found myself, I just like tried starting from scratch a few times and like, well, I keep just putting the same things in because I'm always going to have a kick drum, I'm always going to have a bass thing, I'm always going to have hi-hats. Mm -hmm. So if they're all there set up how I'm probably going to use them, then it's, uh, yeah, so it saves a lot of time. That's interesting. Can you, can you, we usually you send me whatever we work on is uh, bounced audio stems, right? So it's uh, yeah. without any, any, uh, any of the stuff that you had in, had in the channels when you were working yeah. on it. But so how does the temp, what does your template look like? Uh, do you have actual chains of instruments and effects there um, to, or is it just uh, the pure, the layout of, of, of your arrangement? Um, oh yes, it's the layout, but on each channel I'll have an e at least an EQ, a compressor, a spectrum analyzer, and a utility plugin, because um, I would always end up always putting those things on each channel. Um, mm -hmm. And then, then from there I'll sort of, you know, as each session or each thing I'm working on, then I'll start importing different things into the inserts, but then I set up a thing of sends, uh, a bunch of send channels, uh, return channels um, on this template about a year ago and so I found that the things that I kept liking to use was like three distortions, three saturations, some reverbs um, and so I try, I've tried playing around with them recently and getting new ones in but just didn't quite like the way it sounded so I've uh, sort of been sticking with those so I've got them set up as well. <laughs> I saw a comment from uh, from a thousand details <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that uh, yeah. color coding is o plus OCD is freedom to do music. Well, I guess yeah. so. You know, I agree. Agree. <laughs> as, as for, uh, I'm very <laughs> anal and OCD. I think I, I wouldn't be able to handle just having stuff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny how how many 
different ways there are to approach this, but um, I'm usually, I do have one thing that I have uh, in my sort of standard uh, layout and that's the clock, that's all it is, you know. So mm -hmm. like uh, clock, uh, pulse and, and, and an assigned output and everything else is uh, blank, basically. Mm. So, and then it gets uh, very messy very quickly. <laughs> and I like it like that, you know. <laughs> mm. um, so, um, yeah, maybe the people in who are watching, they have. Uh, I, I'm cu just curious how how they work, you know, whether they're template based or or just uh, uh, freestyle, you know. Maybe maybe people can uh, can let us know. Um, Dobri, on the other hand, is a is an actual hardware warrior. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> actually, I have to say, my friend Chris, uh, I, I I owe a lot to Chris uh, to, for turning me on to hardware because Chris is a, a an old school musician, a drummer from the nineties. He played with his brother and his a real musician. A real, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a real drummer. <laughs> he has a built-in sequencer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so he will, he used to play in a in no, industrial noise rock band in Austria, and when we started working, I was completely in the box, and he started suggesting that we should get some hardware and work with it. So first we started buying. Uh, guitar pedals of course mm. and then slowly advanced to to synths and now we basically have a small collection of modular synths and regular synths and uh, yeah 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 you, you're like on not really, you, you can't just say synths on this uh, on this uh, chat uh, dobri you know that. <laughs> what what is what is what is it you have there <laughs> <laughs> no it's really it's re really nothing special um, uh, mostly i use uh, of course uh, uh, the roland's boutique series like tbo3 uh, TR09 uh, in uh, in my other band, the Girls Next Gulag. Uh, Vlada is a virtuoso on SHO1. He's like awesome. a, the real a, one, like a, uh, like a, a Balkan Matthew Johnson, you know, Matthew yeah. Johnson from the Balkans. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good. Uh -huh. So we use uh, most. We mainly use boutiques and. Uh, in the uh, modular synth division, uh, Chris and I wanted to build slowly, to slowly build some sort of a drum machine, let's say. So we have like a few modu okay. modules that, let's say, Mani Citeritas, Basimulus Citeritas, Mutant Snare, stuff like that, bunch of filters, some uh, envelope generators, and yeah, that's basically what we use. And of course, uh, two years ago, uh, I uh, actually the other friend and I bought uh, Electron Octatrack, of course. So oh, nice. now it's totally incorporated in the setup, and uh, I use uh, Midas Venice 16-channel mixing desk, analog mixing desk in studio, and it. And of course, I use Ableton for multi-tracking, and then later some arranging and editing and mixing, of course. Yeah. Cool. So, so um, this and sort of this uh, modular drum machine thing. Mm -hmm. How how do you uh, sequence it? What is it using the Octatrack uh, or? Uh, actually, I, I used to sequence it using a Beatstep Pro. Okay. But then I spilled some uh, uh, Chinese takeaway food all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so the pads so the pads stopped <laughs> responding in a good way. <laughs> and of course, I cleaned it and uh, 
uh, trade it uh, to a friend for some other equipment. I mean, I warned him about the issues, <laughs> and he was okay with it. I <laughs> yeah, and now I I use uh, the CV out on uh, TBO3 and uh, the trigger out on TR09. Sometimes one, sometimes the other to sequence it. So some very base, uh, some very let's say basic uh, sequencing for the, just triggering for that modular synth. Yeah, right for those modules. Okay. Yeah. Does it, yeah, that's cool. I mean, the, uh, I've got a similar rack here with uh, also with the noise engineering things and all the hex inverter things. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. is Chris the guy in the back? No, okay. <laughs> no, no. Chris is, Chris is back in Linz, Austria. I haven't okay. seen him for like uh, almost two years now. Uh, he should have joined me here in the studio because we have at least one or two sessions a year here in Belgrade, but the, all, the whole lockdown crap started, so mm. we mm. haven't seen each other in a while. But the plan is now as soon as the, let's say, borders open and stuff sort of normalizes that uh, I should go to Linz and we should record some music this summer, nice. hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you have this hardware setup and... Um, I assume you program everything live and then just uh, tweak things. Yeah. Uh, do you record through the Venice and into Ableton? So but you, you use the Venice for yes. tracking as well? Yeah, okay. I, I use, uh, I, uh, use direct outs and yeah. uh, group outs. So I record everything uh, a 16 channel multi track uh, using a, an old Firewire uh, sound card with ADAT expansion. And it works, it works well. I have some compressors, some old analog compressors, uh, uh, some like budget stuff, nothing fancy. I mm. have some old analog compressors uh, inserted to groups on Midas, so I can choose what I get to record directly, what I get to record through the groups. So I use it for parallel compression, and that's it basically. Yeah. Mm, awesome. And, and, um, so then it's inside the computer. Do you, do you tend to um, shape the sound, uh, you know, like to the desired uh, um, sort of outcome um, yes. on, on the way in? Or are you basically just tracking and, and do all the, the manipulation afterwards? Well, uh, uh, let's say for the past few months, uh, since I, I have joined the master classes, uh, I start well. We started well because I mainly record with other people through different for different projects. Uh, I tend to use uh, the processing in the computer less and less. Mm. So and it's really satisfying to work a bit harder and longer in getting the right sound while recording or, or before pressing a record, than spending uh, months. Uh, you know, tweaking that that mm. sound in the computer. So mm. basically, that's that was actually I didn't know that because I thought it had to be done that way. But uh, now I can see that uh, it was a huge source of uh, source of frustration. Mm. <laughs> you know, basically recording something that wasn't precise enough. That was just some sort of, you know, crochet drawing. Yeah, and, like a sketch. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like sketch and then uh, like trying to make it sound great. And now that I've started uh, practicing the 
fine skill of uh, precision mixing, like spending one, two or three hours even setting up the the session. Mm -hmm. Then uh, we started getting uh, recordings that are really almost done. <laughs> yeah. Like so, mm -hmm. it it only goes to mm, basically to mixing those tracks in in yeah. the computer later. Yeah, I think, I mean, I've, I've been talking to a lot of people and I've had, I've, I've listened to so many people describing their process and what is clear to me, uh, also from my own experience, of course, but um, anything you do outside of the box uh, is just, uh, it's just way quicker, you know, for some reason, because you have less choices and uh, less yeah. uh, mm -hmm. stuff to work with. Yeah, you have to make a decision at some point. So you, you, you tend to go to, you know, uh, to push things into the ballpark uh, way quicker and then you know the final adjustments of course uh, inside the computer can can be done there you know and um, it is way more powerful but also more time consuming yeah. i find myself and yeah it's good good to see that you 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 uh, you found out that uh, it saves you time doing it this way no, really, I'm I, I'm another person now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big statement. <laughs> yeah, really, it's like you put all that frustration aside, and you're like, okay, let's first uh, uh, mix uh, the best recordings, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not even touching those old ones. That, yeah, it's just to save yourself a headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, so Ranjit, you have you have some hardware as well, right? Um, uh, just a little bit. I've got a Dave Smith Profit Rev 2, the 16 voice one. Um, oh, that's about fancy. it. I, yeah, no, it, it is. It's, it's uh, a friend of mine bought one um, and realized he wasn't using it after a few months and offered to sell it to me for a really nice price. I thought, wow, it's like basically brand new. It still had the sticker on the screen. Uh, so I thought I'd uh, snap that up because uh, I'd been going around in a circle of trying to get out of the box and trying to find what I wanted to, how I wanted to get out of the box, what I wanted to sort of buy. And this came along and the, the price and the newness was enough to get me on board finally. But nice. still, and since then I've still been stuck in a bit of a loop of like, oh, do I want to, what do I want to have, what things do I want to get to get out of the box? And then spending hours Googling and then just going back to using all my plugins on the computer. <laughs> So have have you actually um, been using the uh, DSI a lot? Is it has it been useful for you? Um, what, yeah. what, do you what kind of stuff do you tend to get out of it? Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's it's often just like a starting point for me uh, with sound design. I just like the sort of the hands-on nature of it, uh, as opposed to clicking with the mouse then uh, running it through processing uh, in Ableton. And often I'll end up sampling it more. More often than not, I'll end up sampling something that comes out of it, and sort of then using that as a starting point, maybe in a sampler. Okay, so how how does that work? Do you send some MIDI to it, uh, or you play it by hand and then record like a, a, a few hours of, of stuff? Or yeah. Are you, are you are you really hunting for a deliberate, you know, like a, a thing you have in your head, like like uh, like try you try to sculpt something? Um, with an idea or something, or are you just, you know, just freestyling it and find a nice bit, nice bits? Yeah, it's it's, that's, it's this is often what I'll use if I'm sort of don't have an idea as such. There's a couple of soft synths that I use if I have something in my head that I sort of feel I know more comfortable. I, I just feel comfortable with. I feel like I can 
get ideas out better with those um whereas this is more if i'm just sort of want to try and come up with something new that i'm haven't thought of yeah okay but it's not always your starting point so you you just yeah you use it whenever you feel like using it it's not yeah always, it's not always your your uh sort of uh, uh place of departure the sin no no definitely not um i have to sort of sometimes remind myself to use it because i'll be sitting <laughs> there and a few hours into clicking with a mouse and being like oh yeah well i'm making music here mm. <laughs> not programming right and then when once you get your stuff going in in the box then um how do how do you usually follow up? Is it uh, do you work from a loop or are you are you doing stuff uh, on a timeline straight away? What is what is usually your your approach? Because you um, your your arrangements always look very tidy, like I said before, <laughs> and um, you know always you know there's always um, like a sort of like a crescendo somewhere in your track. So there's a, a very mm. clear sense of uh, development in in whatever you're mm. doing. So how how do you get there? How do you get that to to that point? Uh, I did definitely start with the loop um, and just sort of keep fleshing that out until I feel like I've got enough things to like to have you know development and a journey and a progression. Um, I've found that that's something that I've gotten. I used to find really challenging knowing when that point was to go from the loop to the arrangement, um, and I found there's a big area in which you could go too soon or too late and both ones usually resulted in a bad experience or ending up with a track that ends up getting ditched uh but yeah no, i guess my attitude these days is i'd rather have too many things and need to take some parts out as opposed to go too early and suddenly realize okay there's maybe not enough here to maintain interest throughout the track um yeah, so I definitely start with a loop and then sort of start feeling my way through the arrangement after that and maybe go back and fine-tune it if I feel like bits of it aren't working or it's sort of not making sense. Mm. Cool. Um, yeah, I think arrangement is one of these things that uh, a lot of people have trouble with, you know? Um, mm. every, most people that I speak to who are on the classes, they um, generally it's the most common thing is uh, either people... Uh, cannot finish a track because mm. they you know they they like the aspect of jamming and and starting something uh, and then just get bored with it and and ne never know how to finish it or mm. they uh, have trouble arranging things those are the two uh, two main things mm. um, and for some reason you always have a a perfectly tailored <laughs> arrangement <laughs> you See, always but, deliver but yeah, but I it's funny because I, I still I still think or I then look at my things and think oh it's too I don't know, it's it's too like I want it to be a bit more like a, a bit less like that I guess because um, mm. I think that's sort of one downside of working in the box is that it's I don't know it it I, I don't know if it's maybe psychological because I can see all those points and see all the things where things start and finish and it all looks too neat and not organic enough. Uh, but then I don't know if it's just me because I know, you know, if I was just listening to the same song without seeing all the visual representation, maybe it would be different. Have you tried turning off, turning off your monitor? Yeah, I, know, I think I might need to do that a bit more. It's not a bad idea just to listen, you know, or turn around, mm. you know, like uh, mm. look, you look the other way. 
mm. and then just l listen. Um, I mean, um, that's all you can do when you use hardware. You know, you can just you can see the lights uh, going, and mm. you know that is that is progressing. But you, you, at some point, you forgot where you are, whether it's bar sixty four or you know <laughs> uh, or seventy five. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It just disappears. And mm. if you see something in in uh, on a screen, you always know where you are, and that kind of um, can sometimes. Uh, be very uh, suggestive if you know what i mean like mm. uh, so you're like oh i'm already there maybe i should tr start the break and if you just listen you you might not even get that thought you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely uh, um yeah uh, do you yeah. get distracted by looking at the stream screen uh chaya yeah, it's a little bit of the uh, the chat is really interesting to follow as well oh so, okay yeah. <laughs> so, yeah exactly like uh, these interesting questions coming up <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you can pick one. Pick one. Which which one? Uh, oh. Is there any, any anything you wanted to respond to in particular? Uh, what's up with the defam? Uh, read defam and something pops up my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's go defam. Let's go defam. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, the defam is just uh, the new addition. But before uh, talking about being in the box, uh, maybe it's uh, how I grew up. You know, like maybe it's a generation thing. But like, growing up being a gamer or whatever uh, like being in the box and playing around on the computer is something that feels almost natural uh, to me like super contrary to uh, the artist's mm. life put it this way um, but just you know like clicking with mouse and uh, with a keyboard is, is is okay it's not the best it's not the worst thing and uh, just maybe also because I couldn't you know settle on getting like investing all my money into one synth or one drum machine i felt like the doll was kind of the the swiss army knife of making music so i just stuck yeah. to it and tried to just like be very good with that swiss army knife uh mm. and uh, yeah once you just watched a bunch of youtube tutorials or whatever and you save some uh some instruments or some creations of your own um, or some audio racks some effects racks uh, I, I usually keep them saved um so I know kind of like it's a pseudo instrument for me then, a digital one. Um, and from there, I just like link a bunch of macros and then just play around as if it was a modular system as well, or like a, like a live instrument as well. Uh, I don't have a MIDI, so again, it's still with the keyboard and the mouse. Uh, and I just got uh, the APC40 as a controller, so I might incorporate that as well more but, hardware uh, yeah, yeah yeah more hardware it's like semi hardware <laughs> uh, but in the end it's it's kind of uh yeah you don't want to like settle on one machine now i got the defam but like before that it was just trying to be as versatile as possible mm. yeah it's true that if you um you, you describe the the computer as a, a swiss army knife and in, in, a, in a way it is and it's probably way more than a swiss army knife it's like limitless you know and and as much as that's amazing you know it's also um uh it can be distracting or it can be confusing you know what i mean like i was a uh, funny example i was watching uh, i don't know what band i think it was alphaville you know you remember Alphaville? Well, you're not from the 80s but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they they were ex they were explaining their studio process and they were one of the first bands to use the lm1 the lindrum mm -hmm. and um uh, it had 16 samples or something like that 16 sounds and um, every sound was on a chip. So if you wanted to uh, change, the, for example, the kick drum, uh, you had to open up the machine, unscrew it, and then you know peel out the the chip which had the bass drum and then you know uh, click in the new one close the machine again and that was you know 
took an hour or so and, and <laughs> hopefully not any burn marks or uh, <laughs> destroyed uh, destroyed stuff but it it um, it just um, yeah it shows you how how far uh, you know that has developed you know from from uh, uh, early electronic instruments and the amazing incredible limitations that were on them and um, to today where you have a computer which can pretty much do anything you know there's nothing really you can't do with a computer you know it's crazy mm -hmm. and it's um um yeah there is a something to say for a limitation um so mm -hmm. I, I i you know i always say if my studio would burn down what's the first thing i would get back it would be a computer of course you know because it, it <laughs> enables you to do pretty much everything mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. uh at the same time um uh yeah i like i like working with stuff that has limitations so it focuses you uh yeah to work harder and uh, to you know really sort of explore uh, everything that's possible within the limits and yeah. mm -hmm. sometimes that's yeah giving you a, a bit of a head start you know yeah. but it maybe in the end uh when you work then uh, on a computer it's about a little bit about discipline and setting yourself those limits that mm. you stay in the bounds that you define yourself because oh, yeah you yeah you can make right? you can make rules of course yeah, yeah. So, do you do you do, did you do that did you uh, do you have any custom rules anything you um you set up for yourself so you you don't get lost in all the possibilities yeah so i have like these uh these set of uh, instruments presets that i created um and i just try to stick to those and change them a little bit but i don't start from scratch every time except for some sessions when i feel like really creating something new but usually i, I have something that i created already and try to stick to that which also in the end contributes to having a specific sound um it, almost like a like a like a synth that you have uh, in your room mm. um and also just for instance, with these uh, master classes, having a deadline really, really helps uh, because then you are really limited by, okay, uh, there's not much time left. Uh, you just got to commit. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, uh, yeah, this commitment. And like, I used to have a lot of these commitment issues when it comes to music and you end up tweaking forever. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes if you're like a, like a student and, and like you say, damn, the homework is due tomorrow. So just let's quickly do it. And then <laughs> and just send it into uh professor speedy and then in a in a way it works the same for for people who are uh, doing this for a living because uh, they have the deadline uh, as well you know i mean uh, there's always like a deadline for a remix or uh, even a release you know you set yourself um, you pick a date you know okay that's around the time i want to release this so so if you work backwards you know then then you know the uh, about you know you know what what date you should have finished it and it definitely helps you to get on with it because other yeah if you don't have deadlines you can in theory tweak things forever <laughs> it's true mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um and it's not always good to keep working on something because um at least i notice my own stuff the stuff that i spent a lot of time on um it's probably 99 percent of it would have been the same and it, i've only you know that last bit that last percent is something i only hear and nobody else you know what i mean it's like now let's do this this little sound a little bit less you know in in uh to the left and maybe you know remove uh, that this and this frequency from it but you know in the end it doesn't really make make a difference you know it's just uh, mm. getting obsessed with details yeah. and, and you know mm. just uh pushing pushing the finish line ahead you know for no reason <laughs> um yeah uh 
Yeah, so um, let's talk about uh, the process of uh, your other uh, band, uh, Dobri. Because this was an interesting thing for me on the masterclass. Because you, when you came on, you were when you joined, you you uh, you were working on a project, uh, an album project, and in the beginning you had like sixteen tracks or six, yes. sixteen recordings, yes. something like that. Yeah, and they were all live recordings, and some were like fucking twenty minutes, and uh, <laughs> they were really <laughs> spun out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I was I was lucky to you know it was really interesting for me from from my perspective too to you know be so closely involved with um, you know the birth of a of an album or, or an album project. Yeah. And uh, I saw, you know, how you, uh, you sort of reduced everything down and, com you know, focused everything and finally compiled uh, the final uh, album out of it, which has only six tracks or seven six tracks. Yeah. 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 But it's 52 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're long. I mean, the, the, the sound yeah. for people who don't know your music, uh, I would definitely encourage to check everyone's music out here. And Sander will put links in, in, uh, in the chat later on. But uh would definitely also uh, encourage people to check out the girls next gulag album uh it's like uh, you said your your mate is the matthew johnson of the balkan but i i would describe <laughs> this this uh this album as the almost like a massive attack of the balkan you know it's a very deep drony fucking crazy spacious sounds and <laughs> it's really really special and a lot of human feel to it as well you know very and very spiritual in a way too it's um, it's it's a very very special to be honest so <laughs> um so yeah tell me get me uh to the to through the process because you you had like these recordings and then what so you you were kind of uh undecided about a lot of things uh what mm. uh, what did you do next well uh, this project was in making for let's say well now it's almost i think five years uh, we started back in 2016 vlada and i it was a duo in the beginning and we didn't have this great name <laughs> uh, back in the day. Uh, we started working and we basically combined uh, uh, like uh, jam session uh, with uh, just making line after line and recording it into Ableton and then, then arranging it. And slowly we moved towards uh, exclusively recording jam sessions. That was, and now in the past, let's say, year and a half, it's... Uh, it's the exclusive way of uh, making new material, like building new material. And uh, yeah, w in the end, we uh, when I joined the masterclass in October, we have recorded uh, something like 12 tracks in a year. Uh, we had a friend uh, that is a composer. Uh, he joined and he was, uh, he was uh, mainly on vocals and making some drones. So we recorded with him in the last year. Then we added the, the bass player and the percussionist. Uh, but basically those uh, jam sessions were Vlada and myself and Drashko sometimes. And then when I started uh, working with you in, in the masterclass, uh, we started uh, cutting those tracks down, like uh, making folders, making different lists of tracks, like uh, in what stage they were. I spent... Uh, well, not too much time <laughs> organizing the material like that and choosing the tracks. So basically out of those uh, 16 tracks came those uh, came out those six tracks. And 
I mean, lots of good stuff was left out, but uh, the the great joy is that we now had six tracks that were really compact and uh, really working together well. Yeah, and, and it's digestible because if we, I remember we we talked about this a lot because um, it's always. Uh, hard to say bye to your babies, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's uh, I think the the length of the of the, of the album now is is uh, it makes you want to listen again. And if you would have mm. two hours of that that sound, it's uh, it's hard to digest. You know, it's uh, it's yes. it's a lot. Um, yeah. And it's better to leave people uh, confused and wanting more than <laughs> than to uh, have them. Uh, quit halfway, you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm interested in, you you mentioned working with the other musicians, with your with the other uh, band yeah. members. Yeah. Um, since you record everything live, do you actually put people on different positions in the studio and do everything live, or are the other sort of some of the musicians start, yeah. recorded in overdubs and stuff? Uh, How do you do that? This, How do you manage for that? this? Uh, yeah, for the first album, for the one that is out that you can check. Uh, on the internet, it's uh, mm, we're uh, overdubbed. Like, uh, for example, I sent the uh, some rough mixes of the tracks to my bass player, to a friend, and he played some bass lines, and then I would put put them together in Ableton. So for the, this first album, but since January, we started uh, making sessions with all the band members. I mean, uh, we meet once a week. All of us have day jobs, so not everyone is able to come. <laughs> Uh, to the session so basically if it's sometimes it's just two of us sometimes it's uh, five of us in the studio and then we do those recordings and I have to admit uh, I still didn't figure out a way to make it uh, easier for me to go through the recorded material later because when it's so many people in the studio we tend to make recordings that are 25 30 35 minutes minutes long you know, so it gets it quite difficult, especially with the percussion uh, uh, and bass, especially with the percussion, because uh, it needs to be edited. It needs to be put on grid, mm -hmm. sometimes very strictly. Sometimes uh, we get a loose rhythm, but it has to be checked, you know, so it, it's still a problem uh, how to decide which parts are good and not spend like days uh, editing 30 minutes of percussion recording yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. so is that something you do together with a percussionist or uh... no no actually i do it myself i still didn't uh, uh, devise uh let's say a safe way to let other people you know do that kind of uh, hard work but my band members are really nice people so they are uh, and they're okay with uh, with the changes you make yeah, they're completely okay with that, and mm. also they uh, they offer me all the time to do some of that uh, physical work, you know, like <clears throat> editing their recordings and stuff like that. So I think in the for the next release, mm, it's uh, uh, actually what I wanted to say. It's it, it makes a difference, you know, in, in making a sound. It's comp uh, we get completely different tracks. Uh, from those uh, on the first album because for example the bass player is quite uh, uh, inventive <laughs> while playing in jam sessions because he's a quite experienced and uh, classically trained bass player and so he has some great ideas and he feels comfortable in those jam sessions 
uh, moments. So it, it's weird, it's strange, you know. Uh, Vlada is a programmer. Uh, I had some elementary education, like in, <laughs> I played violin when I was a kid, but uh, it's where it ended, you know. I I don't work with music theory. On the other hand, uh, Drashko, the vocalist, uh, he's a composer and he teaches composition in Belgrade, you know, Faculty of Music Arts. So he's, it's, it's totally different. So it's it was quite interesting to see all those people with different backgrounds working together and bringing something else into the jam sessions. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's it's cool that you know when you put people together, um, something happens. You know, it's so it's yeah. so different than uh, sitting there by yourself. Uh, making your decisions you know the the feedback mm -hmm. between the interaction between the musicians is always uh, very special that's why i like collaborating and doing things together with other people yeah. a lot you know yeah. there's always this um, i always describe it to other people they to by saying you know if if you you have one uh, person and you have an, another person that both have their identity but if you play together, mm. you create a third identity. You know, it's like not <laughs> yeah. not the one, not the other, yeah. but it's something that only exists between those two people, or three people. You know, you have that in bands yeah. as well. You know, yeah. So yeah. it's a really, it's um, um, yeah. I think it's it's a really interesting way to to work with music. You know, to just uh, mm. fe feeding ideas of with other people, and um, in every session you learn something new from yes. whoever is involved. Yeah. And, yeah, and you can never foresee what uh, what will happen. You can never yeah. like plan what will come out. Yeah. So it's like uh, uh, it's you know whatever we try to plan, it ends up being boring compared to something that just happens during mm -hmm. the session. So one of the things that I uh, uh, that we developed together is that we now started uh, showing up at sessions without any preparation like we just fire up machines and then each one of us have has a different dynamic but we let each other of us set up you know and some people are ready like in three minutes some of us need an hour <laughs> but when we sync up after an hour hour and a half then we hit recording and most of the time the magic happens yeah, yeah so you, with with syncing up you don't need you you're not talking about clock right you're talking about no, no, uh, getting you know sort of yes. feeling that it, everything gels together right yes yes yeah yeah, yes. yeah i know what you're saying yeah like connecting. Yeah, that's cool. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have a plan, and so you also don't even say what tempo you're gonna. You don't decide on a tempo or a key or. Uh, we we decide in that first hour, like when right. we were talking. Like in the beginning, uh, we say, you know, it's always like, I ask around. Does anybody have has an idea? Yeah. Which tempo should it be? You know, and now it's already it already started to be like. Uh, like a joke, you know, sometimes we play on 130 BPM, but m much more often we play like 60 or 65 BPM, you know, so it's incredibly slow and you get really um, uh, limited possibilities out of the sequencers on different hardware because you're playing it so slow, <laughs> you know, so you can't make any like 16th notes or... Mm -hmm. anything faster it's all like in eights for example so it really mm. it really like limits us and uh, somehow of course uh, i mean because it's always the same people we always uh, respond similarly to the to the beat 
Sprint yeah, Predict says double. you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I it's true for any tempo, right? You can always go yeah. double or, or half. But actually, what we do much more often is that we cut the tempo. If we start with something that has, uh, you know, like three digits, like 100 BPM or plus, most of time, like after 45 minutes or something, someone would be like, hmm. I have a great idea. Yeah, what? Let's cut the tempo in half. <laughs> <laughs> so we try really to keep it simple and stupid, you know, like in those decisions and just make something that uh, is not like an intellectual approach to making music, you know, or mathematical approach. We just, you know, try to catch that wave or to yeah, intuition. find right. the flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, the the most important thing, if if there are uh, more than two people, if if you have a band of three or four or even more, um, it's the trick is uh, to do just enough to uh, contribute something and do little enough to leave space for other people. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not doing anything is is as meaningful as uh, doing yes. something. Yeah. Yes. Actually, mm -hmm. that that is one of the most important things, like. Uh, getting uh, you know explaining to yourself that uh, when you're thinking about touching a knob then it's already definitely a moment that you shouldn't touch that knob you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're thinking about it don't do it you know if yeah. you just do it okay it's cool but if yeah. you're thinking about no <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just leave it like it is you know it's not boring yeah. <laughs> you know, trust yeah. yourself it's not boring yeah yeah that's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you have you guys um, ever done any collaboration, uh, Ranjit or Chaya? Yeah, no, I've I've done a little bit, um, not not heaps. Like where I live in Melbourne, sort of, I um, live a bit far away from the city, so a lot of people, uh, it's a bit of a hike to sort of get to people. Um, but with, with all this and doing stuff online, I've actually done a few sessions online uh, with people. Um, how, how, is, how how did that work technically? Uh, a friend, a friend of mine said he'd been doing it pre-COVID. Um, just sort of, they'd use Zoom to sort of sit in one person, sort of controls Ableton. They just sort of communicate their ideas and uh, work in that way. Um, yeah, I tried it, and it was I, my friend and I were both shocked at how well it went. And we sort of came out with a pretty good idea. You know, we put together a nice idea and not that long. And uh, yeah. So what do you mean? So you you're on, on a, some video chat or something, and and the one person is just talking to the other to the person who's controlling. Yeah, so the we're sh share, sharing the audio on the screen, so we can see and hear what's oh, going okay, on. Okay. And but one, but you know, like if you were sitting in the studio together, one person's usually going to be the one controlling the computer. So it was, yeah, well, it wasn't that different. Just kind of you forget that you're not in the same room. You're just like sitting in the same room and just going back and forth and shaping ideas together. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I've never tried good. that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was surprisingly good. I was a bit skeptical, but it, it, it really worked. Um, but I have to say, listening to Dobry just then about um, having other people to contribute ideas, listening to that just sounded so amazing. Where it's not all the onus is on me to come up with every single decision yeah. that gets made. <laughs> It'd be really nice to have more people offering, sort of making decisions. I guess because making all the decisions yourself gets a bit stressful and overwhelming i think at times or easy to get caught up in loops of self-doubt and things like that yeah yeah the process can uh, sort of uh, uh, goes exponentially faster the more brains you add to a mm. to a project you know it's mm. uh, there's twice the the thinking or uh, twice the the brain power if, mm. if you have a <laughs> and in a band it's even more <laughs> yeah yeah 
So yeah, I mean, I've tried to to you know, of course, obviously the you know the remote jam thing that we do, and and that's the opposite of how you do it, you know, because you don't see each other, you're just mm, going mm. going blind. Uh, I mean, yeah. for some people, for some of the jams, we had this uh, uh, FaceTime thing, uh, muted FaceTime video feed open. Mm. Uh, because if you unmute it, you get the audio from the other room, which is ah, yeah, delayed cool. again in a very weird way. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's better just to, just to wave to the other side sometimes, you know, say, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> um, but basically, the music is the only thing to go by. And it's uh, mm. you, you have you have no, nothing then other than your intuition to go by, you know, so mm. just responding to what, what you hear. Uh, but I've never tried your way of actually having um, a conversation and then just controlling mm. um, the computer on one side and then uh, the other person is just there to contribute ideas. I never tried that. I mean, mm. Maybe I should try that once because I've done so many projects in the past uh, where um, we started, I started a collaboration with somebody in real time, in, oh sorry, in real life, in person, mm. um, in a studio. And, and then, you know, left off uh, after one or two days with uh, lots of sort of half done ideas you know or half mm. sort of you know unfinished stuff basically and then the process after that is just so fucking dragging and and, and long you know like yeah i did yeah. a new version i changed the the mm. eq on the on the snare you know download okay wait wait and then listen to it and i don't mm. need a difference let's just check the other one number 65 ah yeah 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 there's a difference and that just goes on for weeks and months you know it's yeah. crazy and it's just so demotivating so i i'd rather mm. you know just you know get it done <laughs> mm. you know when there and then if you know what i mean you know yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, what about you, Chai? Have you ever worked with other people, or is, are you solo? Uh, I am pretty much solo because, as I said, I'm just like kind of starting to take this super serious. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the fact that uh, when when starting this class, uh, I was pretty pretty shy with my production or whatever music I'm doing. I think like not many people in my environment even know that uh, I'm like into into this. Uh, maybe some people are watching now since I, this is the first time I shared this. Um, but yeah, throughout the classes also, um, I feel like it gives you a little bit of confidence to, to just, you know, stand to your production and just like put it out there. And I think, uh, that's already one of the uh, huge advantages of being here. Um, apart from that though, now with COVID times, it's kind of a little bit hard to, uh, to collaborate with people. Uh, and as you said, through like, uh, like to like splice or any other means to just collaborate uh, it can be very time consuming and uh, i feel like it's uh, someone said it in the chat as well it's kind of like killing the inspiration if you have to like go back and forth and mm. uh, i think like the, the the magic of the moment is kind of missing yeah um, it becomes a job too much yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, so so um, tell me what uh, because we didn't really get into how you got into music and what your what your plan is and what's your experience. So so how did you start? What when when did you start? How did you start? Oh, like really really music, electronic music. I guess uh, in high school uh, started to play a little bit here and there, but it was just like uh, very housey and uh, yeah things uh, not related to techno. But since then I moved to Amsterdam uh, and then eight years ago. I got more into the, the dance uh, scene, the festivals and the raves. Uh, and then well, I got introduced, introduced to your music and that's where it hits the spot with like, okay, techno can be so uh, minimalistic, but yet so powerful and so colorful in sound as well, uh, which was completely new to me because uh, 
maybe it's a thing to think the more is better and the more uh things and elements in the track the more uh interesting it will get but just having it stripped down and having only like the raw sounds this is what really appealed to me so that's uh that's how i got really into like the production part where did you where did you first experience that because i assume that must have been uh in on you know on a festival or in a club right because yes stripped down music uh i mean the reason why why stripped down music sounds great in a club is because you know it leaves more space for other sounds you know it's like uh, uh if, if there's just a wall of sound it's very tiring and very uh, uh you know there's a lot of pressure on, on people's ears you know you can't talk and you can't you know sort of make your own story in your head and blah 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 but if you hear those tracks that are made for for be to be played in such blown up proportions if you play them on your earpods or something uh, usually they tend to be underwhelming if you know what i mean yeah, so exactly. i assume i assume you, you you got acquainted with that sort of stripped down sound somewhere in the, in the field right yeah yeah correct yeah. because like you can't you can't get that at home uh just even like having sets from from any festival from any uh for any club is just not the same and uh i guess uh it really also applies to your sound uh because uh the stuff you play really works on on big speakers and proper speakers and proper room and uh whenever i i try to uh, convince somebody to uh you know listen have a look listen to speedy j uh it just doesn't sound the same so so uh then a bunch of friends of mine that uh kind of got me into the music uh, uh like a whatsapp group and we call it the church of speedy j just because the fact that also if you try to convert somebody to the church of speedy j uh it's, it's a kind of a job because you have to have faith in uh that the, that the music in real is as good like it is better than the stuff you hear uh, right your headphones or, uh, or, YouTube funny. or whatever so <laughs> oh wow uh, I, I didn't know i was uh, involved in some kind of a religious cult all the faith aside i think you, you should consider growing a beard you know? yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish it worked <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm I'm flattered, man. But um, what what I what I'm curious about then, though, is that if you set out to make music that has the same kind of uh, or has that that kind of uh, vibe to to it, you know, that that can be played on on massive sound systems. Who do you, who, who do you, how do you deal with that when you are in your ma making process in your production process because you only have to you basically all you have is you you can only guess how it's going to sound when it's played on you know the medium that you're actually producing it for so how do, how do you deal with that absolutely so in the end uh, this is uh, the part that i still have to learn and i think in our mm. session it come, becomes apparent sometimes that uh, my kick is too loud or my bass is too loud because uh, i all i have is my monitoring uh, headphones and like small speakers uh, it doesn't compare uh, so it maybe also involves a little bit of trust and imagination that uh, a kick that sounds here a little bit underwhelming will on bigger speaker be more pleasant and less overwhelming because like mm -hmm. but in the end also i have to think about uh if i want to share my productions to uh let's say non-audiophiles uh that are used to like booming speakers and uh, like booming bass in their, in their, in their headphones uh, or the stuff they get from soundcloud or spotify or whatever 
should I kind of find a balance to adapt it to be like to kind of match the the loudness race, uh, or you know, should I try to make it more appealing for bigger speakers? So I think like that that balance is sometimes tricky for me as well to still get mm. right. Yeah, I'm, but yeah, I, I think that's a struggle that that will remain. You know, uh, no matter how mm. how advanced you get in in production, there, if you get to the final format, you know, then there's always a choice to um, to sort of tailor your your sound more to uh, online playback or uh, mm. you know whatever listening devices are out there, or or even uh, big uh, PA systems. You know, there's. Uh, it's hard to get it uh, translate the same on all of these different uh, platforms, but um, yeah, for stuff that is done for for um, um, usually for for online playback for Spotify and stuff like that, it's it's way over the top. Uh, it's mm -hmm. way too much uh, for uh, for big systems, you know. Oh, where is the Speedy J Church? Yeah, <laughs> is there an actual physical one? Uh, <laughs> you should set one up definitely. <laughs> I would say if you if you want to join the 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 cult, you know, just go to uh, come to our Discord server. That's where all the oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's where all the all the nerds uh, hang out. So uh, if there's anything anything I would recommend you join, uh, then then it it will be that. So yeah. <laughs> about the big speakers, uh, one one thing that I forgot to say. Uh, I have uh, this little gadget. I think some people might know. It. It's called the sub pack. Uh, oh, do you have one? Really? Uh, yeah, I have one. I have one. Oh, uh, cool. But, you know, but uh, it's it's quite fun actually, uh, and it kind of simulates the feeling of uh, having mm. like standing in a, in, a, in, a, in front of a big PA system. If you close your eyes, and uh, now with COVID, you can just pretend you're on a festival, <laughs> or like put on some rave on big screen TV and put on the sub pack and uh, let's go. Uh, mm. But so so sometimes I use that to to reference or cool. uh, to check out the track. Yeah, I like mm. I like the I like the gadget. You know, it's I've tried it once and I found that it's uh, um, it's still my brain still makes um, doesn't really sort of gel the two uh, uh, sources. You know, so I'm mm. I uh, with uh, with the the the, the sub pack. I still feel that it's a different thing going on. It doesn't really sort of fuse together with the music too much, mm. if you know what I mean. Yeah. Do you, did you do you have you reached that point where you get used to it and, and it all sounds like this like one thing, like you actually have a sub mm. in your room? Um, I think after a while, maybe it's like just fatigue or something, or you get used to it. Uh, but then it starts to melt into maybe one thing that is well, not as the PA system, but kind of similar. Um, mm. But maybe it's, they will work on it on a better system. I think they're working on now on a sub tech the third iteration. Um, and that is also really focused on uh, on production as well. They have like a real sound card or something that syncs up wirelessly as well and mm. reduce latency. Um, so it might get there in the future. It might be mm. Uh, mm. something targeted towards also like home producers uh, like me or like us uh, that yeah. can afford to have like bigger speakers. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I actually do have something like it, and it's called a butt kicker. Have you ever, have you ever heard of that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Sounds yeah, kinky. yeah. It's for the drum players. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's like, um, uh, well, actually, it's, yeah, the, for, for music, the, the musician's version, there there is like a, a version which is tailored towards gamers. Uh, you know, they they have the this. There, it basically is a unit that you can screw under a seat or or the you know the the, the stool that you are sitting on when you're drumming, 
Uh, but gamers have found out that it's it's really sort of uh, amazing to get like your 5.1 sub uh, represent you know represented uh, <laughs> by this thing because then your whole couch shakes when you when you yeah. get shot and yeah. shit like that you know. Um, but anyway, it, it I I, I found it um, and I find it really really uh, accurate to be honest. Oh. Um, mm. It's uh, so I screwed it under one of the seats here and um, uh, basically the. There is an amp uh, which which is made for it, which has a uh, you can tweak it. So you have of, co of course you have level, but you also have a cutoff. You know, so where the a crossover point where the mm -hmm. where the, the the thing becomes active and and basically leaves out the rest. And um, uh, yeah, if you use it very very mild, it it actually tricks your brain in a few seconds. You know, so it's not like mm -hmm. uh, the feeling I had with the sub pack where I thought it was the both were still disconnected. But this one actually completely fuses with uh, with the sound that is coming from the speakers. And also, mm -hmm. if you if you test it with actual notes, you know, it's very true to to pitch. Mm -hmm. So it's not only just making rumble and giving you some uh, kick in the butt, you know, but it's actual <laughs> it's an actual subwoofer, but it's just silent, mm -hmm. you know. Mm. And if it vibrates uh, your your seat, it's it's really really cool. <laughs> wow. I would I would actually recommend that if if uh, if you're in a in an apartment where you can't make noise or you know if you want to stay up late and don't want to wake up your housemates and stuff like that or your family, this this might actually be a solution because that and headphones is is giving you a pretty a pretty intense uh, sonic experience. Mm. Yeah, I'll uh, definitely check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. Bot kicker. I don't know Great. if they still if they still make them, but they've been around for ages. Right. Yeah. Have you tried that, uh, Dobri? Uh, butt kicker. No, Any of I your only... band members. <laughs> no, no, we didn't get our butts kicked. Uh, no, we actually. <laughs> uh, no, I actually read about it uh, a few years ago that uh, uh, drummers use it for concerts. Uh, yeah. Because in those like on big stages and stuff like that, when you have huge sound systems, the problem is to make a nice uh, m monitoring for the drummer that's isolated from the rest of the world on the big stage. So they basically invented this so that the monitoring engineers didn't have to put sub bass elements into the monitoring system for the uh, mm. drummers. Yeah, so you don't have the cross. This is the listening. this is the amp. Ooh. Ooh, nice, mm. nice. It's serious. Yeah, so stuff, basically, yeah. it just takes uh, just takes audio, and uh, mm. it's actually a thousand uh, watt amp. It's a really strong system. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, it's actually if you if you, I only have it on like the the, the most uh, conservative setting, you know, because uh -huh. if you if you open up the the amp, it's actually really violent. It's like your whole chair goes like. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of those uh, like uh, rock musicians and drummers are pretty wild. They want to feel the sound thumping in their chests, you know, and yeah. their yeah. legs and stuff. So, I guess lots of people crank it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how does it sound when? How does the seat sound when the butt kicker rumbles? Yeah, well, the seat. Uh, I I tried it under different seats, and I found one that isn't actually resonating with the sound of the butt kicker. So, the chair doesn't make any sound. Uh, or the seat doesn't make the sound. It's just uh, the vibration, basically. And and if it's uh, again, you know, I I use it very. I try to to use it as if it's you know it 
it basically sounds like a sub, you know. So it and and a sub is never, unless you're in a, a a club and you stick your head into the bass bin, you know, you never get actually vibrated by by studio speakers, mm -hmm. you know. You don't get that violence or that that extra actual physical rumble. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if you blend it in just right, it's a it's a really great aid to to see what's going on in the lower octaves for sure, and it gives you the energy. I guess Chaya gets it gets it for to get that sort of feel of uh, being uh, listening yeah. to a big sound system. Mm -hmm. Are you do you wear it on the on on the on public transport as well? <laughs> I, I, I used to know I actually love public, public transport because uh, I think you can still hear it faintly and I think people just like turn around like where's this like bass coming from if he's like you know standing uh, like standing outside the club you have a little boom boom going on uh, and I had I, I had it for a while when I was biking through Amsterdam but there there was kind of a dangerous endeavor I figured because I don't hear the traffic at all then uh, so I just stopped using that uh, and just uh, just do it at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so um so what do you listen on is it you said you have headphones do you or do you actually also have some some uh, studio speakers uh i have just my uh, my headphones and the studio speakers i used are ones i bought 10 years ago for like a multi-purpose djing and a monitoring thing these are these pioneer uh djm no which what was that called I think we talked about this before like uh, a little bit i think i know coloring. which one yeah, I know. Uh, yeah they're just pretty basic but they're also active speakers and they have like a function to turn off all the eq to be as accurate as possible but uh, i think in the end it's still a little bit colored um but i use those things and uh it, it's okay so for for what i'm doing um considering upgrading uh, once i uh, found kind of a, a studio environment that uh, i really want to commit into building something but uh, till then uh, just try to keep it basic and simple and agile as possible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Ranjit? What, uh, what is your listening situation? Um, I've got some Atom A7X monitors. Ooh, nice. Uh, yeah, they're, they're so nice. Uh, I love just, li just listening to music on them is so nice. Uh, I love getting things like music that I'm really familiar with that I've known for 20 years and listening to it on them. I always hear something new that I haven't heard before. Um, but the only because the, the ribbon tweeters they're so warm and soft that I often will try and put harshness into things that I'm making and then listen to it somewhere else. I'm like, whoa, it's really harsh because you just kind of can't hear it on them, um, which I've sort of gotten better at taking into account for now. But um, yeah, they're great because you just sort of you just never feel tired. They just it's easy to mm. listen to them for a long time and sound really nice um and i've got an eight inch adam eight inch sub that i've got with them too that i recently turned down a bit i realized i, had <laughs> too, I realized i had to be the grown-up and turn it down a bit because even though it might sound not you know nice it wasn't really get, putting it down a bit was actually actually really helpful for getting more accuracy and uh, clarity in what i was doing um but my so, rooms oh sorry yeah yeah I, that was i was asking what what about your room do you can you actually blast them or can you can you listen to them at a decent volume or yeah no i i can vibrations definitely a bit of an issue there's certain sort of resonant frequencies that my room doesn't like the walls and cupboards and things like that um so i've got headphones that i use for like if if if, if there's a few elements going you can't really hear that and it doesn't really bother me but if i want to sort of really fine-tune the kick in the bass or something like that i have to put the headphones on to 
get a sense of that but um i actually reese i've just uh got a studio building at our house that um we moved in i was gonna turn into a studio and things sort of happened and i haven't and then uh last year a tree fell down in a storm and crushed the studio um <laughs> which was bit, yeah it's a bit scary i live out in the mountains there's lots of trees and wind and stuff um and so that got destroyed but just got finished getting rebuilt uh and through insurance and then i've commissioned a guy to come in and build it into a proper studio it's going to be soundproofed and isolated and uh it's going to be wow. pretty incredible really excited about that that sounds amazing man Great. yeah well look look at you you didn't have your your uh, studio there when it when it happened <laughs> oh absolutely because yeah. like yeah. I, i it's i i don't think I, i in that day i was working in my studio inside the house uh and I don't think I would have taken the wind seriously enough to not be out there. Uh, mm. So I was yeah, really, really lucky I wasn't out there. <laughs> I had a similar scare uh, uh, when before before I uh, found this this location. I nearly signed a, a contract for another basement somewhere else in the city, mm. and uh, you know went there a few times and uh, you know made pictures, started measuring stuff up and everything. You know I was nearly there, and then uh, just before I I signed. Uh, something cracked you know some pipes cracked in the neighborhood oh, yeah. and mm. and it flooded and it was there was like two meters of water there <laughs> so that would oh, have yeah. destroyed everything just absolutely yeah. everything <laughs> wow so, uh, yeah so that's the first thing i checked for this space you know has there ever been a problem with uh, with flooding and there wasn't mm. <laughs> yeah. so um, anyway so yeah those are th scary things man It's the yeah, downside of being in a basement that it can flood. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you you say yes. That sounds like uh, you have experience. <laughs> Dobry. Uh, uh, we are right now in a basement of a residential building uh, in Belgrade that was built in uh, 1937, and uh, the plumbing was probably changed the last time back in the 50s. You know, so the. Uh, the water pipes are bursting almost every year, <laughs> so it's a, it's a constant, uh, you know, constant uh, possibility of getting flooded. Uh, last year I had a big uh, issue with uh, with moisture. Uh, it turns out that it was the rain sewer, rain sewage system that uh, was broken and it uh, flooded uh, a bit. So basically now I have a, a ruined hallway outside of this room, but the room is totally okay. Okay. You know, so it's always, uh, it's it's quite risky, you know, because uh, here in Serbia we don't have a, a really good, like, public services. Uh, the companies that take care of the stuff that we pay for mm -hmm. are not that really good, like they're on the edge of just disappearing or falling apart <laughs> so yes that th that is a problem here uh, well let's say the lucky uh, thing is that uh, this one is uh, only digged uh, digged in into the ground uh, let's say for a meter one meter or meter and a half so basically if it gets flooded and i'm in the studio I could basically just sit on, sit on the window, you know, and survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you could still get get all your stuff high enough uh, up to uh, to not uh, destroy. I would probably be like those poor people in the floods, you know, sitting on their roofs, like holding their cats and uh, children. You know, I would be holding like TBO3 and my yeah. module, you know, be like, help, <laughs> get me out. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, yeah, I guess we can laugh about it now, but <laughs> but it's, yes. it would be a, it would be an absolute disaster. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be, but well, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, it, everything has its uh, like pros and cons. So yeah, mm-hmm. those are the bad. Th- that is the bad stuff that could, can uh, happen in the basement. The good stuff here is that uh, my only neighbors, because it's a residential building, my only neighbors are right above me because this building is like this basement is dig into the side of the hill you know Mm. so i'm basically like uh, when you enter the building you enter it (laughs) uphill and then you go to two stories down like two levels down and you hear so the only neighbors are right above me and there are some nice young people that really don't mind loud music until like 10 or 11 in the evening you know so so i'm cool i'm cool okay. I, I can blast my speakers during the nice. day mm. in the evening yeah and what 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 are you listening on because i remember we recently discussed it and you yeah. were about to get some new ones or some other ones right yes i was thinking of uh, actually uh, i uh, currently i'm uh, using yamaha's uh, yamaha ns1000 Mm-hmm. It's a huge, uh, it's a huge hi-fi monitor. Three. Yeah, you show you show me last time. They they look amazing. Yeah, yeah from the eighties like, or seventies even, right? Something like uh, around yeah. uh, nineteen eighty. Yeah. So there, these boxes are probably at least thirty-five years old. Uh, they are working quite w- well, but they are uh, they are getting tired, really tired. I mm-hmm. changed the tweeters on both of the boxes in the past, let's say, five years. And they are really hard, hard to find those mm. tweeters because uh, the company, that company Yamo or Jamo, however you pronounce it, they don't mm. make them anymore. Mm-hmm. And there are some like special titanium tweeters, you know, some some unobtainium stuff. So <laughs> yeah, basically, so it's really difficult to find, and they're not really that expensive when you look at it. How hard they are to find because. Um, there's only like on eBay or in, and Amazon. There's only one guy in the world, and he's in the United States, that can fix the, the broke fix the broken oh, uh, okay. tweeters. You know, so they're like when you bump into them, they are something uh, around two hundred and fifty dollars and American dollars and up, mm. and that's how much it costs uh, for you to send them to this guy into the in states to fix them so basically i i started thinking about what will i uh, i started planning for the day after <laughs> after yeah. the loudspeakers break down because i really love them they are main monitors here in this room this room is around uh, 25 square meters so and they're in in the corners uh, on the other side, of course, uh, from the one you see, and they really, really make a nice sound. And it's, it, uh, I have a nice sweet spot here in the middle, so I'm really, really mm-hmm. happy with them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I agree. And before that, I, I, I used the NSTens, of course, uh, for seven or eight years, and then in 2014, I bought these boxes, and since then, my NSTens just are shelved you know they're just uh, oh so you don't use them as a a second opinion type uh no actually i i was planning on doing that but uh, at some point i i decided not to you know uh, maybe i'm a bit spoiled but i'm like "Mm, no 
I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to stick to the main monitors and well, while I was making different uh, positions of the gear because I also have some uh, I have a table with turntables and the mixing desk behind my uh, music hardware setup so I was like mm, there's no place for any stands now so I just keep them uh, <laughs> yeah you uh, so can sell I just them to Cedric them <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. so I just keep them as a you know as a spare a pair of speakers in case one of the boxes uh, one of the NS1000 breaks down so I can just pull them out and use them until I fix the main But do you do you have a way or do you have the uh, a practice of uh, uh switching to another pair or maybe a pair of headphones to to sort of double check how it translates or yes, are you really yes. relying 100% on those uh, Yamahas not 100 but 95% right, maybe okay. 99% on Yamahas and I use uh, I use these these are pioneer um, I forgot the model just a second <laughs> <laughs> I think it's uh, something like DJ 1500 or something like that right. I bought them a few years ago before that I was using the Sony MDR V700 those silver DJ headphones right. I I really like uh, high quality like high quality i mean <laughs> quality dj headphones for 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 monitoring sometimes but i have to admit uh, i never uh, learned how to mix on headphones mm. really i guess it's because i didn't spend enough time working on headphones and i didn't have to <laughs> yeah basically mm. but uh, really honestly i don't know how to mix on headphones so what are you running into? What is the problem mixing on headphones? I'm not saying it's uh, it's easy, right? But uh, it, it is possible, I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. I think it's a it's a, it's a personal issue. I think yeah. it's a problem because um, I don't know. I tend to make mixes uh, with uh, too soft uh, bass. Uh, my bass in the mixes is too soft, mm. and somehow I tend to move stuff like uh, into the i add more reverb and stuff like that because i'm oh, yeah. trying to compensate uh, well yeah the I lack mean, that's, of the room sure <laughs> because that's exactly what what you're saying yeah i mean if you if you have a especially closed pair of headphones mm -hmm. um but it's true for all headphones you know there's no acoustics it's just uh mm. pure sound you know like like the the signal of whatever is coming out of your gear or your computer or your sound card is is blasted in your ears and that's what it is and in any room you know only the like the totally com uh, uh, absolute uh, treated uh, acoustically mm. engineered rooms uh, are sort of dead or they are they have no mm. tails in any part of the spectrum but any other room does you know so you 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 know sounds get like an extra decay in a way if you mm -hmm. if you play something in a room you know you get like a little bit of a tail on on uh on transients of everything and in certain regions it's more than in other regions but you don't get that at all in in uh, on headphones so you tend to use more reverb or to put like the sh uh, stuff which has short transients or what would mm. like short percussive sounds like mm. uh you know congas or or rim shots and stuff like that you do, you tend to put them way too loud in the mix because you don't get the the tail you know like the mm -hmm. acoustic tail mm -hmm. So you can make mistakes like that, but it's uh, once you know what to what to listen for, um, you're you should be fine, you know. And you can always double check it on the speaker, you know, just uh, <laughs> as, yeah. as Plan B. I mean, checking it, checking things is always a good idea, you know. Mm -hmm. Switching between different systems. 
can we get an impulse response from the store of bunker? <laughs> yeah, why not, man? Yeah, that's a good idea good to idea, just yeah. uh, record this room. Yeah, why not? Nice. Hey. I was, you know, it's not. It's going to be ugly. I can tell you that. You know, it's uh, <laughs> there's a there's a too much of a tail. Um, I haven't actually I never measured it, but it's a. I, th I would say I would guess it's like between 500 and 200 hertz or something. Like low mid, there is a bit of a a resonance. Um, but um, other than that, like the highs and the mids, they're all very direct and very clear. But uh, that's, there's a lot of uh, hippie treatment, as I call it, like uh, soundproofing that is just uh, made by hand, you know, like stuff uh, put together and the bass traps. There's lots of acoustic treatment on the ceilings. There's like there's a lot of it. But um, the only thing you can't get rid of because it's um, yeah, it's just a long concrete bunker basically. Is that like that like that last. Um, sort of tail in the in the low mids but yeah mm. we can sample it so you can have your own store <laughs> uh, artifact uh, sound <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> why not yeah maybe a good mm. idea uh, let's see what else guys anything um you want to bring up I just wanted to say something about um, headphones. I have to say, sure. I, I, I found mixing in headphones, like I'd sort of would do it and I'd, because like trying to compensate for the in inaccuracies in my room, but I was using Sennheiser HD 25, uh, like my DJ headphones that I've always used. Uh, but then I got these Bayer Dynamic, I don't know, T880s, or I think that's the one they are, um, but open back headphones and I hadn't, um, I'd never really used open back headphones. I'd heard of them and I sort of had a, general understanding of what they were but getting them has really made headphone mixing so much easier because the you get a bit of a sense of space it's might not be it's not the same as being in a room but the having the difference between that you, you can there's this bit of a sense of space that really helps with placement and stereo field and levels and things and i've i've made it's made the headphone mixing experience a lot better switching cool. to open back headphones okay cool and and um, I, I see um, uh, our friend uh, Stefan Splitradix is interested in any acoustic mm. treatments in your studio. So Ranjit, yeah. why don't we stay with you and sh tell us what you have you done anything except for the apart from the records, <laughs> <laughs> the vinyl bass traps? <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've actually um, uh, my cousin uh, a few years ago decided to he built a home theater set up and got this. Uh, completely covered his whole giant theater room in this really dense acoustic foam stuff that's like stop a bullet it's so dense uh but then he moved overseas and pulled the whole room apart and said here do you want i'm gonna throw this out do you want this uh so he gave me a whole bunch of pieces of it that i've sort of positioned around the room in a pretty general sense but sort of you know trying to catch refl reflective points that i can um nothing on the roof though uh so the, the room's actually quiet. It's relatively dead, which is kind of nice. Um, it's more that the bag bass is the problem because it catches on lots of things uh, in terms of vibration and sort of gets some build-up happening. But it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's not perfect, but I've kind of gotten used to it now over a few years and sort of know where the, where the problems are and what to listen out for. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, I guess you have to get lucky with a room as well. You know, mm. I mean, you you can. Uh, some rooms are just impossible to ever get sound good, sounding good, and mm. uh, other rooms are are just easy to treat. So yeah, there's no. I mean, there is a science behind it, but you never know until you actually 
uh, invite somebody who understands this science. You know, it's a, it's a deep, mm. deep, deep science, man. Ah, oh, definitely, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's expensive to fix problems. Um, mm. So, is that black panel behind you? One of the the, yeah. the things yeah. you talked about, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've got one sort of on the uh, roughly where the you know the main reflection points on the sides are. Nice. Right. What about you, Dobries? The stuff that on the ceiling there is that yep. part of any? Is that part of an acoustic treatment thing, yes. or is that yes. okay? What yeah, did you actually, do? Did you build it yourself? Uh, yeah, actually, my father and I built it over the course of five days. It was some sort oh, of nice. father and son bonding thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Amazing. usually the workers put it in a, uh, on in one afternoon, but we were like, okay, let's do it slowly, you know. Yeah. Let's drink some beer, let's drink some rakia, <laughs> you know, and work. So we, it took us five days. We actually succeeded. It's... Um, uh, AMF, the company AMF, it, I think it's part of that uh, Knauf uh, big consortium. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, uh, yes, it's the acoustical ceiling. It's like 20 centimeters, as you can see, from the main ceiling. Uh, oh, but okay. I, I could give you a short tour. tour. Sorry. Oh, yes, please, tour. <laughs> yeah, tour, yeah. So as you can see, that's a gap up there. I didn't, uh, first I thought I would, I should cover it with something, but then I was like, nah, no, no problem. Uh, the thing is here is that, uh, sorry, let me sit first. Uh, the thing uh, with this room is that when I bought this place, uh, we just uh, scraped everything off the walls, off the ceiling, everything completely. And then my professor of acoustics was kind enough to come and tell me what sh uh, I should do. Uh, you know, it's like uh, he told me what to do with room oh, acoustics. It's good to have uh, somebody like that in your... Uh, yeah, and actually he's, a, he's an amazing guy. He's a legend, you know, here and he's like uh, a famous uh, 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 acoustics engineer around Europe, you know. He, he, has been, uh, he has been consulted, you know, to build some... Uh, uh, concert halls and opera halls uh, all the way from Serbia to Sweden and nice. but he's a really nice down-to-earth guy you would never say that he's a, such a big player you know and uh, so he told me that I should because of the sound the soundproofing sound isolation that I should build a room inside the room so this is the room inside the room built out of the uh, plaster cardboard you know the material like in German in German I think it's gips carton or something like that so yeah. it's plaster and cardboard walls and the ceiling is suspended it hangs mm -hmm. off the like original higher ceiling so this is a room inside the room so lots of the bass and lots of the sound pressure doesn't escape the room and doesn't bother the neighbors but it basically only works on uh, downwards until 55 Hertz so everything lower than that goes out. So that's the mm. reason I, around 9 p.m., I turn off the subwoofer. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention that. I have a, I have a small sub. I mean, it's not small. It's a huge car stereo subwoofer <laughs> that I just put in, you know, and tuned it by the ear. So it's not part of the project. So I have this room inside room, and basically that's the ceiling. It works fantastically. You know, when I built that ceiling it really changed uh, to better the sound of the room. But the important thing here is, okay, this is the other part of the, wait, <laughs> let me see. That's the part we want to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, wait, uh, sorry, I'm confused. This is not mirrored. So, yeah. okay, that's the 
I have this uh, construction that I'm hanging the loudspeakers from. They're on chains. Okay. It can rattle a bit, I mean, it can, but it's okay. <laughs> but the main thing is that I have this huge uh, uh, bookshelf. That's important. Uh, and uh, because I have, uh, my mother was an art historian, so she had a bunch of books. So I took them, most of them, like <laughs> several hundred books, and put them inside the studio. And the, there's a smaller stuff. There's Yoya. Hey, yo. <laughs> there's Yoya. And there's another bookshelf. So basically, uh, the this lowered ceiling and the bookshelves uh, really made a difference. And yeah. the studio now uh, sounds very nice and comfortable. At first, when uh, when we built the studio, I put the... Uh, I put the wooden floors inside, but after a few months uh, they were destroyed, they started uh, bubbling up because of the moisture. Yes, because hanging from chains, it, 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 it looks good and it sounds okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, so now yeah, it's your room, just... Yeah, your room uh, looks really nice, man. looks really mm, like a very thanks. comfortable place to work and yeah. uh, to... Mm -hmm. Get inspired. Uh, it, yeah, it was quite important for me to have a place uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, it was more important for me to get a place that was comfortable than to have everything like perfectly set up. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I so, totally yeah. agree. I mean, I'm I'm totally the same with that. You know, it's uh, when I walk into my room, I just want to feel like ah, I want I, I want to be there. You know, I just want to mm -hmm. have the feeling I I want to spend time there and um, mm -hmm. and be motivated to to start doing some music and I, I don't I don't like studios which are too formal and too much designed and and they feel like you know they feel more much more like temporary spaces you know like uh, you just want to be there for that one thing and you just don't want to mm. be there uh, mm. because it's just not a nice place to be you know what I mean mm. yeah. <laughs> it must feel like uh, like your second living room or something your second mm. house you know yes <laughs> mm. yeah for my for my personal taste, you know, for my personal creativity, that's uh, important. A place mm. where you just want to hang out, you want to just mm. you just want to be there, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the tour, man. Looks looks uh, looks like You're a welcome. really nice room. Um, mm. What about you, Chaya? Did you do any acoustic treatment, or are you are you just uh, uh, relying on uh, because you moved you? you yeah, yeah, I'm still yeah. in the process, and yeah. uh, I'm probably also the the most amateur here from us guys, and the least <laughs> audiophile from us. So I'm just getting my ears and uh, head around this, and I have a lot of lot of things to learn from you guys. Um, and living in Amsterdam, everything is small. Uh, the closest thing uh, that came to soundproofing my room was basically having my bed and my speakers, uh, having my desk and my speakers under my bunk bed. So that was the, <laughs> the closest thing that worked. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I really want to also like try to to set up a nice room. Um, but having the advantage of like using a lot my uh, my, my my headphones. Um, gives me as you said like this coziness of uh i can just like sit down and do it anywhere uh, mm -hmm. i don't have to be tied into a spot uh when i travel uh, go back home to germany or so uh i can just do music on the fly and for me it's uh super important to have this um continuity this creative process uh still still going because um i feel like i'm also in a stage where um i am wanting to prove my technique uh more and like the the nitty-gritty sounds uh, as important as it is uh, i think i need to get my 
routine in first to push out tracks uh, like on a daily basis almost just to oh, wow. uh, I try I try it's, it's not happening it's not happening. efficiency <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really not happening but just uh, getting into the habit of doing something because uh, uh, like I started off with just like starting a loop uh, but never finishing I think a lot of uh, people can relate to this issue mm. uh, and maybe it also has to do with uh, trying not to be too perfect so uh, in a sense uh, not having a studio a perfect studio setup is for, is for me uh, kind of a mental hack maybe of saying maybe it sounds uh, less perfect maybe uh, some some balancing is weird but uh, at least i produce and produce and produce yeah. uh, i try to get into that but the next step is definitely like uh, pulling a room like uh, around no because uh, that looks fantastic and i think that really gets also the creative juices flowing mm. on top so I'm definitely gonna hit you up with some uh, some questions about the room setting. Please do. Please do. The secret ingredient is procrastination, you know, because I built this. I've built this over the years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> really, it's like uh, I entered this space back in 2013, and it only settled down settled down like last year. <laughs> so it was a long process. Yeah. What did you learn from our guests, Jochem? Um, actually, yeah, I mean, um, I do, I do pick up things from from you guys for sure in in uh, in the classes, you know, like uh, how to be more organized in my uh, <laughs> in my arrangements and stuff like that. Um, yeah, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit lazy by nature, you know, so I just want to. My mind tends to drift to the things that I want to do and not to the things that I have to do. So, mm -hmm. uh, so if if it's about being, uh, I mean, I'm very organized in filing things, you know. So I'm I'm mm -hmm. archiving everything like very very accurately. But as it comes to my working environment, it uh, it works for me because I know where everything is. Like this this whole room is, uh, you know, I know every. I know where everything is, literally, like every cable, every plug, everything. Um, but it might be, it might look like a slightly messy to another person. It's not like t totally tidy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it's not a mess, but it's uh, it's a bit a bit chaotic, you know. And that's the, true for my my arrangements or my my working spaces in the computer as well. But once I finish something, I I'm very very tight with archiving and. You know, numbering things and naming things and uh, put them in the right places, so I never lose anything. And my desktop is pretty much just empty, you know, like uh, it's all. So yeah. Uh, anyway, but uh, maybe I should uh, pick up from you guys a bit more, uh, <laughs> like being also more tidy in uh, in my um, uh, arrangements. I don't know, but uh, no, but it's true for every everybody you talk to. All these talks, all these masterclasses, all the collaborations I do, I learn stuff from everybody. You know, it's like. You, mm. That's it's. Uh, I'm I'm really blessed that I I'm able to talk to so many different minds and to hang out with such uh, a varied crowd of uh, musicians and and people. So I'm uh, I'm thankful to yeah to be in this place. Mm. You know I I have a really I have a need to tell you a, a let's say a short anecdote. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, and it goes back 25 years from now, in the past. And back in '96, uh, the Serbian, let's say, techno scene and electronic scene was just picking up, you know, from '94, '95. And we just in '95 we had first international raves for all the people that don't know and 
you shouldn't know. Uh, 90s were awful in Yugoslavia. Back then, mm-hmm. Serbia was part of Yugoslavia. There was uh, uh, wars, UN sanctions, everything that goes with that. But there was a huge uh, number of young people, mainly students, that were into techno music and electronic music. So there was, for a short period, in '96, there was this magazine that uh, had uh, subjects about clubbing and techno. And in, I think in one of the first issues of this magazine, there was an interview with PDJ. And oh. it was an interview that was picked, of course, picked up uh, from some uh, European magazine because we weren't in the system, so you could just steal stuff and pirate it. Oh, wicked. <laughs> a bootleg <laughs> interview. Yeah, bootleg <laughs> interview, actually. <laughs> so uh, some guy or a girl, I don't remember, really did a nice job, you know, of compiling a few interviews and combining with your work because already then you were a legend here in Serbia. You know, all the people from the early scene, like of, of course, like Jeff Mills, Sven Fate, but from the Europe, you know, there was like C.J. Bolland, he was highly popular, Joy Beltram, and of course, among the others, Speedy J, you know. So the interview started something like, uh, uh, don't get... Uh, don't get caught but this by this guy's modesty he's a huge perfectionist you know and he talks uh, see, he talks so modestly about stuff that is very very difficult to achieve <laughs> you know and that's that's something that stayed in my mind i tried finding that magazine because i have it somewhere but i think it's uh, it's in another town outside of belgrade at my grandmother's place so is I it is it in uh, in serbian Though. Yes, it's in Serbian, ah, okay, but okay. no problem. I'll take photos and I can translate. Oh, nice, nice. The yeah, parts. I would love yeah. to see that. That's cool. A bootleg <laughs> interview. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we know from back then that you're most of the time just being modest, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the thing is, it. Uh, I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, this, uh, how do I explain this? I'm just fucking around, you know, and uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I. You know, it's, uh, I'm just messing around, and 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 that, uh, at some point I get something uh, that I like, and mostly most mo- most of the time it's it's a compromise, you know. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm really not um, that much of a perfectionist, to be honest. I'm mm. I I would say I'm I'm more of a impressionist. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, no, no. Continue yeah, to be no, no, modest. No, 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 seriously. I know, well, I, if, if there is one thing, I know I know where I am. I know where I am mm-hmm. in the game. You know, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm very insensitive to, to, to critique or to what people say about my music because I know mm-hmm. uh, where it is, how I should uh, value it, you know. And I, I, I know yeah. it's... Sometimes I, I, I nail it, you know, once every few years there's something that is, you know, everything comes together, all the experience, mm. and, and you do something and it comes out flawlessly, you know. Yeah. But all the other times it's basically just uh, messing around, really. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, with varied, varied results. Um, but I, I really, I'm not a perfectionist. I just get it out of the way very quickly and, and move mm-hmm. on to the next thing. So I don't spend too much time perfecting things i i'm way more impressionist like uh i just put it down shit it out and and that's it you know take it or leave it you know move on um and you know maybe complex sound can be mistaken for things that take a make uh, take a lot of time Mm -hmm. to accomplish but it's uh usually whatever i do is done very quickly it's Mm -hmm. more the the Mm -hmm. setup the setup in advance and the thinking in advance that is um that is making it possible to do complex things, uh, but it's it's the 
Yeah, a kid at heart. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm just playing around. Yeah, I'm just having fun. You know, that's basically what I do. That's yeah. the secret, <laughs> if there is a secret. But yeah, so in, in, even the things that sound complex or sound, uh, you know, sort of more layered or whatever, it's just because I set it up to be it to be like that. You know, and the actual thing came together usually very very quickly. I never spend more than a day uh, on a on a track or on on a piece of music or even an EP. I can do three EPs in a day. You know, last one on store, wow. <laughs> last one on store was uh, one session I did I did with uh, Charlton, and yeah. it was all recorded in one day. And it's three EPs, and we cut down the amount of tracks from thirty six to eighteen for that even. So, um, <laughs> all right. So it, and it sounds really complex, but it all came together just playing around. You know. Mm. Anyway, so. But I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. But from our side, it's really not that let's say easy to uh, to let's say apprehend, to comprehend, to understand that it works that way. Because, for example, uh, when we watch and listen to this last uh, nine-hour uh, jam session, it's so well mixed. You know, Rodhad sitting in his studio, you standing in your studio, and the sound is amazing. It's like I understand that most of time not all the nine people are playing like into the sound but it really it's so some moments and some thick. some moments they are though yeah and and it, uh, it works amazingly you know those layers everything that is put up it, well i must really say like, I, I must give a well, compliment to everybody who was involved in that night because everybody just did an amazing job and you know not doing too much uh waiting their turn for their turns you know and mm -hmm. uh uh, and just really be really uh, responsible with levels, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. when when we started there, the you, even though we were connected with another studio, we uh, were you know like eight hundred kilometers away from here. Yeah. Um, you could definitely feel uh, at some kind of tension that you were doing, that we were doing something, uh, you know, very challenging. And so everybody from the beginning was very cautious. Let's not fuck this up, you know. Let's not just mess around and let's make sure that this all works together yeah robin was there too yeah, yeah. some moments we were all playing together all nine of us mm -hmm. uh, but yeah and and i think in both studios there there is a pretty good monitoring system like uh not club sound but uh but loud enough so you can actually feel feel mm. the music uh, so it's uh, it's easier if 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 you are sort of uh immersed in 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 the sound you know to keep uh, an mm -hmm. eye on what you're doing you know every little detail is is audible for everybody you know and it's true for Rothead studio as well as for mm -hmm. for this place mm -hmm. and that helps you know if if you have trouble actually making out what's going on uh, then you get in in the danger zone but if you if you have very accurate representation of what's going on um, it's easier to be you know more modest with your with your sound yeah um, so it's the listening. The listening uh, environment is, is probably a big mm -hmm. help for for how, why it sounds the way it sounds, mm -hmm. mm. and the professionalism of the of the people involved, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and not uh, be uh, egoistic. You know, just uh, mm -hmm. blend in and do nothing until you uh, find you, you grab your moment. You know, and. Uh, Mm. It's uh, it's making music like this with nine people is like working with nine snipers, you know. They all sit around <laughs> and wait for the moment and then <laughs> pull the trigger when they when they really think now it's going to make a difference, you know. Mm. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, wow, 
it, we're all almost talking for two hours. I mean, um, usually in in the end, we give everybody uh, a chance to uh, to point uh, the audience to what they're doing. Uh, so unless maybe we should move in that into that session uh, section, unless uh, there's something you want to bring up or discuss or ask each other, I don't know. Um, I'm all right, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe some some last thing from the from uh, people in the, watching this on Twitch. Any comments? Anything? Mm -hmm. Questions? Um, yeah, just shoot. Otherwise, uh, who wants to start? Chaya, maybe we just we just go from from left to right, from top to bottom. Uh, uh, yeah. Is there a place where people can find what you're doing, and are you comfortable sharing it in in the first place? So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, as part of uh, this masterclass, uh, is is also to defeat my shyness and just get out and uh, have people listen to what I do because in the end, uh, when I do my thing, I'm, like you're afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah, you're kind of vulnerable because you show who you are with the music or what you do, and also the mistakes you do uh, because nobody likes to, you know show production that is not as good mm -hmm. uh, but i guess i see it as a part of the learning process so i'd be happy uh, for any feedback um, right now i'm uploading every track uh, that we do here on my soundcloud uh, i think it's uh, i think sander will post it somewhere it's uh, soundcloud slash chaya dash music uh, and also post like a little snippet of that uh, that track uh, on my instagram which is ch slash chaya dot music uh, so any feedback on those tracks would be great. Uh, it's 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 a learning experience for me, and uh, as I said, like uh, the more uh, feedback and the more I hear from you guys, uh, the better. And uh, yeah, the the less I'll be shy with my stuff. And, uh, and <laughs> oh, nice, nice that you're asking uh, the community for feedback. That's a, yeah, it's a really nice course. idea. Actually, we're gonna do um, a stream in in the near future uh, here on Twitch. Uh, where people can post uh, their stuff on the Discord server, and uh, we'll get some people together and to uh, br brutally, honestly, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, review whatever is uploaded there. Yeah. Yes, uh, please. As I said, we're in the start <laughs> of uh, this journey, and uh, as I said, like the, the amateurish, and my ears have to still develop and everything. Uh, so. Mm. Uh, relying on people with better ears uh, is is a great start for sure yeah mm. I'm, I'm actually gonna call the stream brutally honest so people know what they're <laughs> in for <laughs> it's, 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 it's a, a trick people it's a trick people he, yeah. honest, he really chooses his words very uh, and he's really precise you know and really gives you a morale boost but what happened to, <laughs> to humble Jochen what happened <laughs> no, I mean, um, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you you guys know that every time uh, you play me something, I I really uh, go by my intuition and and just tell whatever, say whatever comes up in in, in my mind, you know, mm. without uh, being trying to be, uh, uh, you know, save your uh, your precious uh, egos or whatever. I'm just saying what it is, <laughs> right? And yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I try to compliment as well, but um, yeah, I mean, you're you're here to 
to learn what's wrong with your stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I'd rather, you know, I, I might as well yeah. talk about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully, and after 12 tracks, after one year or so, if this goes uh, on so long, hopefully not because of COVID, uh, having like a mix of one hour, mixing all tracks together and hopefully ah, seeing yeah, the yeah, progression. You were going to yeah. do comp compile everything. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, it would be too. a great yeah. yeah. So maybe you see mm. some variation in the style or some improvement of uh, the learning curve. That would be great. Awesome. Mm. Okay, so I'll encourage people check it out. I think it's in the comments now, right? By now or not? Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah, probably is. Yes, um, Chaya dash music or Chaya dot music depends yeah. on which platform. Cool. Nice. Thanks, Chaya. Um, moving on to Dobri. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, you can check uh, the stuff I do with uh, with my crew, with my people here on our Bandcamp page. It's uh, belgrade.dubs.bandcamp.com. It's the it was first the vinyl only label run by Chris and myself. We only published two vinyls of uh, Raum Null back in 2014 and 15, and then we made a huge break to let's say resettle and now we started uh, throwing out, out new music again so you can basically that album of uh, girls next gulag the best of opium house volume one uh, all all of those <laughs> all of those I mean, tracks <laughs> both both the 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 band name and the title are fucking legendary <laughs> <That's> the, yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks we just uh, yeah. come up with those like during lengthy sessions here in studio yeah, but it has a, like a deeper meaning for us, but it doesn't have to be serious, you know. We mm. we just want we just try to avoid being too serious <laughs> with ourselves mm -hmm. and getting to uh, like, you know, thinking of ourselves too seriously. So basically you, uh, all the tracks from that album are were like let's say uh tightened up uh, during the master classes with speedy so it was a really really great experience so you can listen to those tracks uh, you can uh, actually find some demos of some of those tracks on soundcloud on raum nulls sound or actually there's a girls next to like soundcloud too so if you want to compare some of the tracks to to hear how they listened before the master class and before the mastering of course and that's it you can follow the belgrade dubs bandcamp page because in the next few months we we'll, we will be putting out some uh, new girls next gulag releases and some new techno releases also and we are now we really got encouraged by this first release so we are really seriously uh, thinking about releasing re releasing a vinyl or a double lp by the end of this year so We'll we'll talk about that in the masterclass, of course. But yeah, it is it is it. definitely the type of music you want on vinyl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I mean, it's a cool. it's a, it's a total unique listening experience and uh, uh, the Serbian massive attack. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it, 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 there is so much more than in there than just the massive attack type feel, but it's dark, droney, and and dragging. Yeah. Tempos are fairly slow most of the time, so. Um, but it's yeah, it's dubby and it's spacey. It's it's, it's a lot of yeah. things. It's a, it's a massive, crazy fusion of, of many many things. So um, yeah, you. I'll I'll uh, so people check it out. It's a it's a really cool uh, project. Um, Ranjit. Yeah. Um, Anything. 
Yeah, I guess uh, I've got a SoundCloud account, which is my name. Um, and there's links to releases that I've got um, on a couple of different labels. All that's all sort of condensed there. I guess the SoundCloud's mostly full of DJ sets and podcasts and stuff. But um, all this, all the things I've released are there as well in uh, like you know the little clip format that they have from labels. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, that was fun, guys. Uh, yeah, hanging out like this, <laughs> having a yeah. night a night at the pub, kind of uh, instead of uh, being uh, focused and uh, on work and uh, in getting your music uh, improved and stuff. I really enjoy working with you guys. I must say that uh, if there is anybody now watching this or listening to this who uh, wonders how it actually is, it's a bit like this, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but more you know sort of revolving around a subject. So we basically. Uh, attack uh, one problem or discuss one track and really get in depth and try to improve it and uh, and we all learn from each other so it's a, it's a really nice experience mm. so thanks guys thanks for signing up and thanks for being here tonight no problem thanks, uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for having us thanks to yes. everybody who was watching on Twitch um, have a look at our Patreon page where you can actually sign up for masterclasses and all other all other kinds of goodies um, and uh, if you haven't already check out the discord server uh, it's where all the nerds hang out <laughs> talking about the stuff yeah. we talk about in this uh, in this chat but um, uh, in real time with uh, in I think about 1200 people in the meantime something like this it's a nice place um, lots of nerds which is great so uh, <laughs> so thanks uh, to everybody uh, have a good evening uh, yeah thank ciao, you ciao. thank you ciao, ciao. Ciao. <laughs> bye 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 <laughs>